Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here are your top two running backs for week 11 of fantasy football. Christian McCaffrey against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Austin Eckler at the Green Bay Packers. Just two names at the top this week. Hayden CMC did not get his touchdown last week, but he still keeps the top spot because this team is bananas and so is he. Yeah, it doesn't matter that the Bucs have allowed 70 scoreless <laughs> rushing yards per game because it's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Austin Eckler's matchup individually is much better. And I will say Austin Eckler has closed the gap with Christian McCaffrey in terms of usage just because... It's literally, to me, just Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler in this offense right now. Yeah, he has 82.4 and 79% of the backfield rushes the past two games and has at least seven targets in three straight games. That is Austin Eckler. Uh, Green Bay is allowing 16 rushing points per game to opposing backfields. And we know that the Steelers backfield duo of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren just put 206 total yards and two touchdowns against them. And specifically for Christian McCaffrey, do you want to call attention to Trent Williams? Because we have seen more explosive runs since Trent Williams has returned. Not shocking at all. Four runs of 10 or more yards uh, after just one run of 10 or more yards in the previous two games when Trent Williams was sidelined. Okay. Today, we will go through another, I don't know, 36 names here on this list. As always, I will compare them to the consensus rankings out there because we have some leverage points in those. And I love to hear Hayden's reasoning in those spots. And we kick it off with Josh Jacobs as the running back three against the Miami Dolphins, 26 and 29 touches with Antonio Pierce's head coach of this team. So the neutral pass rate has gone all the way down to 37% with Antonio Pierce. Not a surprise, obviously, given his history. And then the other Aiden O'Connell start, this was multiple weeks ago, in negative game script, Josh Jacobs caught eight passes for 81 yards on 11 targets. On those reps, it did seem like Aiden O'Connell was getting the ball out very quick. Why that's important is because they're playing the Miami Dolphins, who could probably score, I don't know, 30 to 40 points in this game. So Josh Jacobs in garbage time yeah. is capable with Aiden O'Connell to check the ball down, especially with the Miami defense uh, looking a little bit better, adding a couple star players. But this workload is elite. He's averaging 20.8 expected half PPR points in these three Aiden O'Connell starts. And I think that trend will get there even if they're supposed to lose by a million. I think those third and fourth quarter targets are important for this ranking to hit because, I mean, the Dolphins have just allowed one running back with more than 16 carries in a game this season. And it's exactly the reasons that you discussed, like, hey, when the opposition is putting up points. However, I mean, I do think that, you know, an AOC led offense is, you know, somewhat of a one track or what they want to do. It's uh, throw the ball to Devonta Adams and get the ball to Josh Jacobs. But let's just say playing the offenses of the Miami Dolphins is very different than playing the offenses 
of the New York Giants and the Jets when he has owned 53 of 55 uh, touches over the last couple weeks. Yeah. It's, okay. To me, it's just the, it's the role. So I talked about consensus rankings, brought them up. They have Devon Achan as the running back seven this week in week 11, Hayden. Off injured reserve, he's your running back four. This is obviously assuming he's a, a full participant, fully ready to go. That's what they claimed multiple weeks ago when he did have that ankle sprain. Right now, the Miami Dolphins, no surprise, are projected for the most points on the week up at 29 in two point uh, two five points all the way up here. In the last three games, when A-Chan and Raheem Mostert were playing together, it was A-Chan with more usage. You up like at 15 expected points. Raheem Mostert was at 12. Since then, Raheem doesn't have the same exact juice. I thought he's missed a couple cutback lanes on top of it as well. So I think that this team with Tua and the offense struggling a little bit more recently, I think they're going to want to get their best playmaker from the backfield, the ball a ton. So I'm going to really lean into this as well. And then there was two running backs against this uh, Vegas defense that had been completely gassed. uh, Jameer Gibbs had 189 yards. James Cook had 159 yards. Those are the speedsters that Devin H. Hand can take advantage of. I almost want to put Raheem Moser in this conversation too. He is your running back, I believe, 14. Is that correct? Um, Or close to it. I'll scroll down and find it right now. Yeah, 14. Running back 14. Because, you know, the tandem has been exceptional in certain games this season. But I do understand for all the reasons you just outlined of HN being ranked higher. And, you know, I'm going to cite Lord Reeves here over worksheet over at Sharp Football Analysis. 29% of his carries have gained 10 or more yards. The base rate of all running backs with 25 or more carries this season is 9.4%. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost 20%. I mean, it's more than – it's almost 29% more. Let's put that way, 20% more. Um, And then – so with Raheem Oster, like what you're talking about, right? Um, he has had more than 13 touches in just one of his past six games played. And that was the week when both A-Chan and Jeff Wilson were sidelined. So I don't know if I would put it past this Mike McDaniel-led offense where they believe that Mostert is at his best, you know, getting just 12 touches, Mm -hmm. just 13 touches versus putting this burden of 20 touches like we might have thought when obviously the other top running back in the team was sidelined too. Yeah, this is typically a coaching tree that uses a committee and both of these, these are tinier backs. So maybe they like both of them in that eight to 12, eight to 15 touch range. I will just want to point out this one. This is between tackles run rate only on first and second down. Just like how do these teams want to deploy these running backs? Most running backs run the ball between the tackles on 70 to 80% of their runs. Am I colorblind? What is going on with this colors? Don't, don't worry about the colors. I didn't have time to adjust the colors. (laughs) Only look at the logos. And the Miami Dolphins right now are running it between the tackles at absurdly low rates. It's, everything's off the edge, and that's why they get all these explosive. Sorry to the colorblind people out there. <laughs> Me, I am now one of them. And yes, just to wrap this point up against the Raiders, uh, they've allowed 145 yards from scrimmage per game to opposing backfields. That's 30th in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go back to your running back five. It's actually Brees Hall. This is at the Buffalo Bills. Um, after rushing 22 times for 177 yards back in week five against the Denver Broncos. We all thought he was totally back. And I actually think he is from like a talent Mm -hmm. standpoint, but the surroundings that he is in, he's now just rushed 53 times for 134 yards over his last four games. 
we had the release of Michael Carter, who's averaged 15 passing downs per game. I think he'll inherit some of that, not all of that. I think some will go to Dalvin Cook. Some of it will go to Izzy as well. Typically, Jets projected for not a lot of points. Same thing here with only 16.5 points. I will say, since week five, when Matt Milano exited with that injury, they are allowing the most EPA per play in the league. The wow. most, most in the league. So I think that there are opportunities for Brees Hall to rip off a big play in this one. And his like five starts where like we deemed him like back. He's averaging 16 half PPR points. It's been a little bit inconsistent because of the offense, but I don't think that we should be treating this Bills defense as the elite unit could have been if everybody was healthy. Yeah. I, I know they've been dealing with a bunch of injuries, but maybe Sean McDermott should fire the person in charge of the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and special teams too. Yeah. Just, just quickly. Final note here, um, that success rate, EPA, all of it, I think is important for the Jets to eliminate just their own success rate, their own, you know, let's get stuffed at the line of scrimmage or behind it because Brees Hall is only ahead of Jerome Ford in rate of runs that have failed to gain a single yard this season. Like 23.4% of his runs don't gain a single yard, which is bad for a running back who, if you give him the second level, uh, he's off to the races. And we will have to keep looking into the Jets' offensive line injuries. It's like hard to keep track of how many players are on injured reserve. Okay, next up, you have the Lions duo, but ahead, Jameer Gibbs as your running back six, and then David Montgomery as your running back seven as they face the Chicago Bears. I know the Chicago Bears run defense has been very good recently. I think they're only averaging 3.1 yards per carry. Um, but I just watch the Lions offense too much. And like, I just don't want to read into that Bears offensive line. So let's look at just the tandem here. It's a drive by drive basis between them with Montgomery starting the game. We did get confirmation from Jameer Gibbs that David Montgomery gave him that goal line opportunity after that first run. So I think that goes to our point where I think at the end of the year, David Montgomery will have more opportunities near the goal line. Uh, from this point forward. Um, but Jameer Gibbs has been so explosive, and this offensive line is monstrous. Second-highest team total on the week for the Lions uh, against the Chicago Bears, so both of them very clearly can get home here. I do want to ask you if I should move David Montgomery one spot ahead of Jameer Gibbs just based off of the fact that that this is a revenge game, and Dan came by oh. gave him a couple extra looks at the goal line here. So let's flip these two guys put David Montgomery one spot ahead. You know, I love me a narrative street, sir. You know what I will say. I mean, the contract that the lions gave Dave Montgomery compared to if the bears even offered him one was, was a nice little bump on top mm-hmm. of that. But I, I'm totally with you. I'm sure Dan Campbell wants Dave Montgomery just to show him who's boss and the Lions lead the NFL with 49 plays on offense of 20 or more yards. Um, I showed the clip on stats versus film where like the second play of the game, it was a tidal wave of offensive linemen resetting the line of scrimmage about five yards down the field. Uh, yeah. That happens a lot when you watch this Lions team. You did mention, you did mention how good on a yards per carry basis this Bears defense has been. However, they're 29th in receptions allowed per game to opposing backfields okay. at six. And they have allowed the most receiving yards per game to opposing backfields this year at 61 and a half. So my question is, do you want me to re-put 
Jameer Gibbs ahead <laughs> of David Montgomery here. <laughs> um, no, I, I believe in in the touchdown narrative. I trust Dan Campbell. I, I just want to. They have also out, like, not allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back since week three of the season. Do you want me to move Jameer Gibbs ahead of David Montgomery here? Full trust in David Montgomery. Full trust in both of them. Just second most points. Second most play volume per game this season right now. So both of them could get home. You're starting either of them. Yeah. And again, we do feel like the situation has changed because in weeks one through four, when both of these backs were active and it was the early part of Jameer Gibbs's career, Dave Montgomery had all seven snaps and six touches inside the five yard line. And while he was supposed to get that first touchdown this past week, we did see Jameer Gibbs in there for four straight opportunities Mm -hmm. inside of the five yard line um i mean they were averaging 5.5 yards uh per first down carry in the league so far this year i mean it's that we tell every other team to not run the football on first down and then there's a detroit lions hell yeah okay next up deandre swift why do you think that deandre swift against the kansas city chiefs might be a really really nice matchup for him well, they lost a linebacker, and then his fill-in starter, Drew Tranquil, is 234-pounder playing a full-time role. And I've seen some glimpses of weakness uh, in the Chiefs' middle of the field. Uh, in fact, with Tranquil on the field, according to Sports Info Solutions, the yards per carry allowed goes from 3.6 up to 5.5. Now, we know with this Eagles offense, they will play into the matchups a ton. And I do think right now the Chiefs' weak spot is against the run versus uh, the pass. So I think they're going to get DeAndre Swift really going in this one. Uh, and we they've had multiple weeks to kind of investigate the tape to see how they want to pick apart this. But I am just expecting the Eagles' offensive line to be able to move the pieces around against uh, Kansas City's front seven. That would be important because typically with backs associated to Jalen Hurts and this Eagles offense, the receiving numbers have not been there. They have been there recently for DeAndre Swift because the rushing really hasn't. I mean, 18 carries, 43 yards, 16 carries, 57 yards in the score, 15 carries, 62, 10 for 18, 17 for 70. That's not great. But That's enough volume for me, though. He just no, doesn't know no, it good. is. It is, but I, I guess what I'm saying is we expect the success mm-hmm. to potentially change here on top of it. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And if Drew Tranquil, that name rings a bell, uh, in previous seasons, he has been a part of that awful Chargers run-stopping yes. unit as well. Yes, he has. Okay. We'll move on. Next up with Tony Pollard, everyone's favorite football player here at the moment, Hayden. Uh, he plays the Carolina Panthers. I understand we can have nuanced conversation about Tony Pollard, but you at home, you're going to start Tony Pollard anyway. So like, really, what is there to say? Well, my question is, do you trade for Tony Pollard right now? I mean, the person that drafted Tony <laughs> Pollard is probably desperate to get rid of him. This, I mean, this is outrageous how many touchdowns he scored versus how many he's supposed to have scored. Now, he's not running, I would say, extremely quickly right now. Uh, and it is a new rushing scheme. So maybe just Tony Pollard's not a good fit or maybe he's not ready for the role that he has. But like you said, it is the Carolina Panthers defense. And man, they have been awful they're the second worst fantasy running backs or fantasy defense against running backs and dallas is projected for the fifth most points this week so yeah i don't i'm not expecting tony pollard to be like quote himself anymore at this point enough time has gone gone by but it's still the dallas cowboys running back yeah carolina has allowed six top 10 scoring running backs this season 43 percent of the yardage against the panthers has been gained via rushing that's the second highest rate in the league 
58% of the touchdowns allowed by Carolina have been rushing. That is 31st in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So once again, we ask, if Tony Pollard doesn't get home this week, when will he? All right. Travis Etienne closes out this top 10. This is against the Tennessee Titans, Hayden. Um, Out of 47 running backs with 50 or more carries, Travis Etienne is actually 30th in yards per carry, 37th in success rate, 31st in negative run rate, and 21st in explosive run rate. So like that 8.8 explosive run rate paired with all of the work that he's getting, owning this backfield, and then scoring the touchdowns on top of it, those have been the three metrics, mm-hmm. stats that have kept him going this year. Because if you eliminated those, then he is kind of a bit lackluster like this Jacksonville offense has been so far this year, too. The offensive line's taken kind of a step back recently, and so is just the ground game in general. Last week, it was a season low in usage against a 49ers front seven. That wor- worries me. And then this week, the Titans are a pass funnel because their run defense is so good just for example last year etn had seven carries for 17 yards and 17 carries for 32 yards that's 2.0 yards per carry against tennessee last year so it's a really tough matchup he's still so explosive and this offense still has um, a potential that's worth chasing but like we saw last week i'm not sure if we should give jacksonville the benefit of the doubt against matchups that don't favor them at this point it's just the New play caller has just not really worked out. So moving him down versus like where he typically is. I call it out when it's the opposite. So consensus rankings actually have Travis Etienne as the running back three overall this week. Really? And you have him as the running back 10. I will say, and I don't have the exact numbers or the exact players, but just going back and watching this Titans games, they have started allowing chunk gains more Mm -hmm. often on the ground. Like it wasn't that shutdown unit. It felt like in the first four weeks, but like, on a carrying carry out standpoint, their success rate is still high, but when they are giving up runs, they are going for pretty considerable gains. And we have seen Travis Etienne get home just from one or two carries in yep. a single game that go long. For sure. Okay. That's it for the second tier three through 10. Uh, Hayden, before we go any further, we want to welcome people from new States to the underdog fantasy platform. If you play in Alabama if you play in, we believe this is Mississippi. Is that Massachusetts? Mississippi, Tennessee, Wyoming. You can now play Pick'em. It's called Pick'em Champions. You have been in the dark before now. Now you can see the light. And if you really want to, you can click in the description down below. And I am matching your first deposit up to $100, especially if you use promo code the show when they ask you to in the link in the description. Yeah, this is massive news for all these people that live in these states. Hopefully, you guys go give us a try. And then on top of that, we also have NFL Playoff Best Ball, which is a super fun game. Uh, I believe I have have some content if you want to go really deep dive into um, the YouTube channel. But you're drafting teams now for the actual NFL Playoffs, big tournaments there, lots of game theory with that as well. So new uh, types of games for you guys to go try out. Always. My wife calls them little games. They're pretty big. 15 million, pretty big. Uh, <laughs> oh, do they do people play those little games? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, wife. Okay. Aaron Jones is up next against that Los Angeles Chargers defense. Um, per Reeves, the great one. Aaron Jones is now dead last 
in the NFL in explosive run rate this season. Uh-oh. Could you believe this? Among all 47 backs with 50 or more carries, 1.6% of his carries equal an explosive game. A good um, way to fix that would be playing the Chargers, I would say, <laughs> you know, who are yeah, actually... all 46 other backs on this le- on this list have played the Chargers. Play the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the analytics for you right there. The Chargers are particularly bad against receiving backs as well. They've allowed the second most receptions the last two games since the coaching staff uh, announced that Aaron Jones is fully healthy, ready for a big workload, 20 and then 15.3 expected half PPR points. AJ Dillon's still mixing in just a little bit. I don't love, him last week despite right, volume too. Right. So we, we need this big play for Aaron Jones to hit. Um, obviously, when you are dealing with a hamstring in- injury, have setbacks with it, and you're 28 years old, maybe the explosive play rate, we're just chasing air at this point. The Packers still only have a 20.5 team total, but this Chargers run defense, I just cannot get over how slow they are at linebacker, how bad their safety play and their how unwilling the corners are to tackle so i'm going to trust aaron jones one more time this does feel like a spot though where if not now then when he's been super inconsistent this year when he's been healthy javante williams is your running back 12 he's running back 18 in consensus rankings this week as he faces the weird awkward exotic minnesota vikings defense over the last month the broncos have been winning games which has helped javante williams because he needs positive game scripts He's been the RB2 in usage overall. So right now they are two and a half point home favorites against Minnesota. I wow. like the Vikings run defense. They've been very good. And I pointed out that out in other matchups, but just the team philosophy, they want to run the ball yes. with Javante Williams and Russell Wilson. When he was buying time previously, when he was like a little bit more agile, he would huck the ball downfield. Now we've talked about, we've seen it multiple times where he just throws the ball up to Javante Williams in a check down. So it's a good spot for Javante Williams. He's running really hard. I'm not sure if I see the same agility side to side, but he runs really fast and he's a, a, definitely a truck uh, to bring down as well. So I'm happy to be above consensus with Javante Williams just because to me, he's the focal point of this offense right now. Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson doesn't have 30 pass attempts in a single game since December, or excuse me, October 8th. Wow. Um, I mean, he's had 29 and a few of those, but also 19 and 22, you know? So it goes back to, I think, what we believe Sean Payton would want this offense to be. And sure, even in games where they're significant underdogs like against the Buffalo Bills, we didn't think it could happen, but it did where, hey, you try to establish the run after getting a turnover early on, mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch-esque, and then ask Russ to play some hero ball in some moments, and it works out. Like, again, to me, this is how Sean Payton currently believes that this is a, a winning team for the different Broncos. And the fact that their defense isn't the worst one we've ever seen is obviously right. going to continue to help out Javante. Definitely. Devin Singletary is your running back, I believe, 13. 13. Wow. Yep. 13. You want to guess where he is in consensus rankings this week? Well, I'm sure the consensus rankings is like still wondering if Damian Pierce is going to play or not. I'm assuming he's not. I'm guessing the 25 range. Yeah. 23. This is the against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who have allowed 17.1 rushing points per game, 29th in the league. Hayden, just watching the Texans over the last few weeks, um, I felt like their pass pro has improved significantly. Now with Titus Howard playing at guard and Larry Tunzel back at left tackle when it's stabilized itself, I can't say that it's been great for the rushing blocking, but what we did see this past week again was – 
man, he got to the edge. Yep. He got to the corner store and create a few uh, just consistent chunk gains off of it where previously this Texans offense was getting hit, you know, one or two yards in the backfield pretty consistently. I saw the same exact thing and then spinning it forward for this week. Cardinals third worst against fantasy running backs and the Texans. This is crazy. They are projected for the third most points on the week. The third most points. So it's just a great matchup for him last week. The best game of, of the season, obviously. Uh, Devin Singletary had 19.5 expected points, and he got home on them. So it's really hard to fade a back if he's going to have the same exact role, assuming Damien Pierce, who didn't practice on Wednesday, is out again. If he's going to play 80% of the snaps on the team that's projected for the third most points against the third fantasy worst defense, I mean, what am I what am I missing here? I know that he's not good, and I know that it hasn't been successful, but I think we need to be adapting uh, our, our takes on this offense now that they've completely smashed expectations. Kenneth Walker is your running back 15. This is at the Los Angeles Rams. Again, we talked through it in stats versus film. Everyone's citing snap counts that Zach Charbonnet is playing more in the last three weeks. Well, when Kenneth Walker's in the game, he's touching the football, and almost every single game, there's one Kenneth Walker touch that goes for a long gain, and yep. he also still leads the NFL uh, in, I think, goal-to-go carries with 13. In the last couple games, even with Charbonnet like more involved, it's still 3-0 to zero, Kenneth Walker inside the five-yard line. So not expecting that to change. The Rams, I do think, will give up some big plays. They're allowing 4.3 yards per carry, which is among the league's worst at that. We have Seattle, once again, projected for 23.5 points. That's above average. We like all that stuff. The Kenneth Walker usage is now down to RB22. I think that's where he's going to kind of be but he's so explosive of a rusher. And I want to keep betting on these huge plays, especially in positive matchups. I do think that this is one. So this is the, like the big play hunting tier kind of like with Raheem Mostert to me, where the usage doesn't match up with a lot of the guys around them, but the big play ability is certainly there. And I believe a Lucas returned to practice. Hopefully he can come off injury reserve at the right tackle spot, which is, you know, they got, um, Charles Cross back at left tackle, but the right tackle spot has been up and down. We've seen what Jason Peters start there 41, at 41 years of age, um, just one or two years older than me, you know, starting at right tackle in the league. Okay. Brian Robinson is next. Speaking of big play artists, uh, Brian Robinson, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> check the check the tape. B Rob <laughs> running back one overall score last week. I believe Brian Robinson is the only back in the NFL this season that has multiple running back one overall scoring weeks. Isn't that nuts? Wow. Isn't that crazy? So one more Brian Robinson note. Obviously facing this Giants defense. The fear in other matchups is him getting phased out, getting scripted out. Uh, That should not happen here, you know? So if that's the case, he should push for 20 touches. I I completely agree. They're almost 10-point favorites. Washington, 23.5 expected points here. Love all that. Uh, last week, it was not schemed up targets, nothing like that. It was broken plays, so I'm not expecting anything from that category to be sticky whatsoever, but Giants second worst in rushing yards, second worst rushing touchdowns allowed, so this is a B-Rob week given the game script. Opposite end is Saquon Barkley. Volume, volume, volume. That's it. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is it. I mean, the first game with Tommy DeVito, like they didn't even think that he can throw the football. So he got like the 40 touches. The last couple of weeks has been like a little bit more to like normal RB1 workload. That's translated to 11.7 and 12.6 expected half PPR points. Now, this commander's defense is so much worse than the Cowboys defense that they faced last week, especially without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So you can at least respect Saquon Barkley's chances for a big play here. But I mean, they're once again projected for the fewest amount of points. Get used to it. Okay, Joe Mixon's coming up next. Joe Mixon, I believe, is your running back 18. Um, this is against the Baltimore Ravens. He had 17 touches for 95 yards when these teams played back in week two, uh, rushing 13 times for 59 yards and catching four passes for 36 yards. In the last four games, he's had 95, 56, 68, and 88 total yards against Baltimore. This is a tough defense. Um, we've seen that with Joe Mixon's box scores. His usage is up recently because Joe Burrow's playing better, but the Bengals don't have that much respect in the betting markets this week. Their team total is only at 21 points, which is like wow. dead even with the uh, the rest of the league. So, yeah, we're hoping for a touchdown or some checkdowns. He has caught a lot of passes against Baltimore historically, um, and maybe we see that with T. Higgins. Uh, expected to miss here, but it's just a tough matchup. I wouldn't expect like the Bengals all of a sudden like make this a Joe Mixon game. Like nothing about this screams that. Right. And still most of his runs are out of shotgun and, you know, the upfield penetration that the Ravens can get. Yeah. I mean, he has totaled 113 yards in the past two weeks and this is his most difficult matchup too. Yeah. So he did get a touchdown last week, which definitely helped. Okay. Close up this tier. It's Rashad White. Um, Speaking of difficult matchups, this is against the San Francisco 49ers. Over the past four weeks, Rashad White leads all running backs with 228 receiving yards. It's what we talked about in stats versus film, which was very different than what his first four or five weeks of the NFL season. Only Alvin Kamara has more receptions than that. But while the receiving game has been great, the running game still hasn't. Again, despite those one-yard touchdown runs, out of 28 running backs with 100 or more rushes, Rashad White is dead last in success rate at 25%. I looked at ESPN's run block win rate and the Buccaneers are the worst in that right there with the Panthers. So it's not going to be an easy setup for Rashad White. In PPR, you can move him up beyond this because they should be trailing. He'll catch five, six passes. Maybe he catches even more than that. We've seen that at times. But do you know what the Bucks implied team total is this week? Against the 49ers. Um, is Whatever you think it is, me? go lower. Go lower. Okay. Because uh, that's a little bit surprising because, again, we talked about the um, the perimeter pass catchers succeeding against the 49ers. Is it like 18 points? Dude, it's like 15. <laughs> 15. Do they think Baker's just going to revert back to his Carolina Panthers days? I'm sure they're like asking which offensive lineman is going to be blocking Chase and Nick Look at Costa. that. It's tough. Bryce Young throwing to DJ Chark on the perimeter. And Terrace Marshall is supposed to outperform Baker Mayfield throwing to Mike Evans. That's not good. That's not good. Wow. Okay. We'll keep it moving in the next tier. Starts off with Derrick Henry as the running back 28. This is against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who Hayden loves to bring up every single show, wants to shut down your running game. They definitely do, and it has really worked. They are allowing the fifth fewest rushing yards per game and the most running back receptions that kind of plays into this narrative. Obviously Derrick Henry, not known for his receptions. I don't think will Levis will also be known for his check down ability 
as well. So with the Titans projected for the six fewest points as an offense this week with, to me, Will Levis looking for the most part like a day two quarterback, this doesn't seem like the best Derrick Henry game. They'll try it early on. We'll see if they can find a rushing lane. Obviously, if they get down to the red zone, it will be Derrick Henry. So have to respect that. But over the last month, that's been mostly with Will Levis. He's the running back 22 on running back 18 usage. I'm kind of right there in a matchup that I don't think is very good for him. The fantasy football community has been on pins and needles, wondering where Hayden Winks ranks Ty Chandler. It's at running back 21 this week. I love it. I mean, Ty Chandler has been my guy. I called him Mr. Zay Jones, um, which, hey, in the final six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, who knows what could happen around NFL circles. But it's Mm -hmm. so clear that, one, this offense is still good, thanks to Kevin O'Connell and Josh Dobbs. Um, The offensive line, I actually think, has gelled better as the season Mm -hmm. goes along. And we're going to bring up everyone's favorite word, the juice that Ty Chandler brings compared to Alexander Madison is significant and eye-catching. And last week, even before Madison left with the concussion, I'm assuming obviously he's out this game. Ty Chandler was mixing in, actually had a goal line opportunity, even with Madison out there. So yeah, they're making him a focal point. I don't love that Josh Jobs can definitely sneak in there for a rushing touchdown himself. Uh, Broncos are much better against the run now, but are still allowing the most points because of how bad that start was. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm just hoping that we get a big play here. I do want to mention though, while he is a size speed demon, love the big playability, love his pass catching chops. There's also a reason why he hasn't played very much in the NFL, uh, mistake prone, inexperienced player. So he's got to fix that, all that, all that type of stuff. But the upside to me is still there. Such I'm with you. I, where, where's the inconsensus rankings? It's not RB 21. Um, good question. Um, Ty Chandler running back 26. There we go. I'm with you. 26. Got just 20 and a half implied points here for the Minnesota Vikings this week. Two and a half point underdogs against the Denver Broncos. That makes That makes sense to me. Does it? Yeah. Okay. I might be in the Vikings into that, but maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too much. Okay. James Conner is up next. This is at the Houston Texans. Um, The Texans are allowing 3.35 yards per carry, which is actually second in the league. The Texans defense with Will Anderson, I looked at it. He's like yeah. number one in run stuff rate as I a mean, rookie. That, that trade up is Ooh. actually going to pay off as well. It was a lot, right. yeah. but that trade up was going to is paying off. And if they didn't make that trade, all indications were that they were just going to draft Will Anderson and then just wait on the quarterback too. It's oh. it's pretty incredible how this draft stuff um, plays out. But to me, it's so evident when you go back and watch the Texans in the first two weeks, and we have the receipts to prove this, that like just like the success wasn't there. They were getting pushed around. They were still learning how to play together. Mm-hmm. But you like saw the aggression. You saw the energy and that it would warp into something almost special. And yeah. it's really cool that we're here in week 11. And it, it kind of feels like that right now. So for James Conner, it's a bad matchup, but he did play 63% of the snaps. He's not going to be the same receiving back as he was in his like fantasy football prime. And at the goal line, we saw a couple different things happen. He was on the field in all those situations. We should expect that to be the case. Um, he, to me, looked pretty explosive, uh, all things considered. Between the 20s at the goal line, we had a Kyler Murray zone read keeper And then we had the Clayton Toon tush push. So maybe James Conner's not the same touchdown guy that I was hoping for just because this kind of philosophy trickles down with Philadelphia. But 
I do still think that James Conner is going to be a red zone hammer for the most part. And I think that this is a well-coached offense. Um, so this is kind of like a an average matchup, bad matchup. I think that the role will be just fine for him. Okay. Najee Harris is up next along with Jalen Warren, who is in the next tier. Um, let's talk about it, okay? Because this is at the Cleveland Browns, a Cleveland team now that is starting Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback, uh, who did not look good in no. his one game as a starter. Was that against the Ravens? You know, I think, ref- like, looking back on it, reflecting on it, very difficult match to have your first one, but now you get the Pittsburgh Steelers facing off against them, uh, who have TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Cameron Hayward and all these guys that are going to be looking to take the football away from you. Uh, I guess my question is last week we saw basically Jared, Jalen Warren be more productive than Najee Harris, yet you are still ranking Najee Harris ahead of Jalen Warren. Well, Najee this month has been really, really good, good in fantasy. Yep. You know, like he's, uh, let me have it, RB15 on RB13 usage. And since the week six by the Steelers are fourth in EPA per carry and fourth in success rate. So they've got their first round tackle out there. I thought Najee's looked a little bit more explosive this year. Jalen Warren, obviously, we all think he is very good here. Jalen Warren also coming off a season high in usage up at 13 expected points. But this is a committee and I expect Jalen or uh, Najee Harris to get way more of the goal line opportunities. He was the one to get inside the five yard line touch last week as well. That said, Pittsburgh still only projected for 16 points. So I think Najee, <laughs> I think Najee is uh, an RB2 long term, but the Browns, you know, pretty good. Jalen Warren is your running back 30, by the way. Yeah. I mean, he has double digit rushing attempts in each of the past two games after averaging just 6.4 before that so i think your final point maybe stands out that the most rushing yards that a running back has had against the browns this year has been 75 yeah um so it might be tough sledding for both here but again we talked about in stats versus film how they're basically resetting the line of scrimmage much better now than they were in like the opening seven or eight weeks of the nfl season james cook is next is he <laughs> this is against the new york jets defense what do you think an offensive coordinator change means for like this backfield entirely and James Cook specifically? I mean, maybe there's a chance to get Lenny going, but what about I touches be, and volume and any of that stuff? I think there, if it's going to go one direction, I think that they would go more pass heavy and not more run heavy. That's I mean, because because Dorsey was already running more than we've seen in this offense previously. I'm not sure if you had no, a but then they lead. got like totally away from it. Right. Yeah, I just. James Cook is like rushing well, but like it's totally. still you still are worried that he's just going to keep fumbling the ball. That's been his issue. Well, you know? I mean, I, I actually don't know if he's had that many fumbles in his career. Like this might have been his second one in his career. It's weird, including the dribble. Well, half court dribble, maybe fumbles lost. I don't know. Right. Um. I, yeah. This past game, and what's weird about Joe Brady, and this is just my Panthers instinct kicking in here. He was basically fired by Matt Rule because Matt Rule wanted to like establish the run a bit more. Um without him like Joe Brady obviously came from the LSU was the passing game coordinator there with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and just Jefferson and all that stuff so I don't know like again James Cook had like the best worst game you'll ever see on right. Monday night I still think he's explosive but I doubt that we see the changes of him to where he has to get fancy points which is scoring touchdowns because it's pretty clear everyone loves Latavius Murray on the team yeah exactly Latavius Murray was also good last game and right. got the goal line opportunity and converted it so it, I, I don't think you can like even with like the play calling change like kind of like what we just saw with the Panthers like 
you change the head coach to the offensive coordinator, the quarterbacks. It's like, it's November 15th. Like how, when are we establishing a new playbook? That's not how this works. Very fair. Gus Edwards is next. The bus arrives in Haynes rankings. This is against the Cincinnati Bengals, a Bengals team where the past five games involving Cincinnati are averaging 754 yards combined. Ooh. That is the second most in the NFL. And we know that Gus Bus this year has seven touchdowns in goal-to-go situations. And I've seen glimpses of the Bengals getting kind of shredded with some big plays, which obviously is going to help Keaton Mitchell we'll as well. But yeah, Gus Bus still had both of the goal line opportunities. He's, to me, still the lead back. I think if they do get Mitchell involved more, that will come purely at the expense. Or I should say purely, but mostly at the expense of Justice Hills, who still had more snaps on offense than Mitchell did. Uh, also of note, Mitchell's touches, we had two draw plays, we had an end around, we had a screen, and we had a wheel route. There's basically been no evidence that they actually trust him with like the typical running back duties. I think he's going to have to slowly earn that. So I'm going to continue to rank Gus Bus at the end zone higher than Mitchell, but that gap is certainly closing, and the Ravens are not projected to score as many points this week as we've seen them. So I've ranked Gus Bus as high as like, well, like RB 12, 13, 14 in that kind of range for a little bit. I'm completely pumping the brakes on him now. Okay. The rest of this tier is Isaiah Pacheco, Daryl Henderson, who's still starting. It sounds like, yep. And Jerome Ford. Um, Pacheco is the one who is coming off a bye. Anything you want to say about him? I think he could get bailed out at the goal line. Certainly like definitely possible, but Eagles are allowing 53 rushing yards per game, 3.5 yards per carry. Uh, it's by far the best fantasy running back defense. And Jalen Carter is number one in the league uh, in that ESPN uh, pass rush win rate. Um, so it's it's an elite defensive line. And I think that the Chiefs are just going to see if that Eagles secondary looks a little bit better. Could Jerome Ford be leaned on even more with DTR? I mean, I guess, but like, I'd rather just like have them moving the chains more and not punting yeah. the ball. And that's kind and of my worry here. Left tackle and right tackle issues at right. times too. And with Cam Hayward back on the field, uh, they are allowing 2.8 yards per carry. That's only on 32 attempts, small sample size. I won't stay, but they are way better, obviously, with a star defensive tackle in the middle of it. Right. 2.8 might not stay, but just the vast improvement will stay. Okay. Khalil Herbert is your running back 29. Uh, he's coming off injured reserve. Uh, how are you considering Khalil Herbert versus Deontay Foreman versus Roshan Johnson versus whoever else they decide throughout there? Just using last week's chart, you can see that this was kind of a three back committee. Deontay Foreman, the lead back. Khalil Herbert was just so good in that exact role that I think it's going to be hard to bench either of them. So I think this is just going to be a three back committee. And I'm not sure how much we should love that. Uh, right now because the Lions are second best against fantasy running backs. We'll just be following the news. I think we'll probably get a good report on who's going to start here between Herbert and Foreman. Quite frankly, both of them have earned a bunch of work here while Roshan Johnson, to me, disappeared. The Lions have allowed the most, or excuse me, the lowest rate of explosive runs this season at a 6.3 in the league. So yeah. it goes back to what you're saying about doing well against Opposing running backs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Chuba Hubbard is next. Um, Panthers can't run block. They no. did you see that they cut their starting left tackle for the or left guard for the last seven games? 
Just flat out couldn't see that. Yeah. Dang. Throckmorton, get out of here. Calvin. Uh, comes back, starts at left guard. Um, I don't think it's going to help them at all, Hayden, against this Dallas Cowboys and Michael Parsons-led defense. What do you think the coaching change means? Play calling. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> right? No, because – okay. Last year, last <laughs> year go. when um, the head coaching change was made, you remember they went into like smash mouth, heavy personnel. We're going to run the football and then basically just run RPOs with Sam Darnold and wide receiver screens. Frank Reich was basically like, hey, this worked for this offensive line last year and this offensive line coach. Are you going to switch back to this? He's like, no, nah, we're not going to play smash mouth football. Last week, it was the highest neutral pass rate of the season for the Panthers. Did it work? No, but they're at least trying to go that way. Yeah, he's the last month. Chuba is the RB 19 in usage, but RB 40 in production. That's just the state of this offense. Okay. Keaton Mitchell is next for you as you're running back 32. We talked about Gus bus. I will say with Keaton Mitchell, he obviously gets this Bengals defense and you outlined it. Uh, they have allowed an explosive gain on a league high 16.6% of opponents rushing attempts. Yeah. Surrendering a league high 4.4 runs per game of 10 or more yards. Keaton Mitchell over the past two weeks has 150 rushing yards on just four runs of 10 or more yards. So like just get one run, be given 10 yards of blocking. And he truly is like off to the races here. Yeah. You don't know analytics or ball unless you're projecting Keaton Mitchell to average, you know, 12 <laughs> yards per touch for his entire career. Okay. Uh, we will close out this episode with Royce Freeman. That is what he looks like. Ladies and gentlemen, Kareem Hunt, Zach Charbonnet, and A.J. Dillon. And just a note from producer Weaves, during the show, Michael Carter was claimed by the Arizona Cardinals. Adjust. Got to adjust that. Um, they actually could use a, a third down yeah. back like him, I guess, but he hasn't. He just hasn't been the same since that rookie year, so I don't yeah. know what happened. All these guys are just hoping for a touchdown, not great situations for any of them. Um, maybe A.J. Dillon against a really bad Chargers defense would be my favorite of the bunch because um, he had he has been you know out producing it's felt like a right. Aaron Jones over the last few weeks yeah I would slide him ahead of Royce Freeman and then I misspoke I, I believe on one of our shows I said that uh Kyron Williams is back I he's coming he's back next week next week next, yeah. week. Yeah. next week all right that does it we will be back tomorrow with tight ends and quarterbacks and defenses Friday we will be talking about wide receivers ranking and tearing them just to give you a heads up, and I'll mention this in the next couple episodes too, our plan for Thanksgiving week is our usual, this upcoming Sunday, Instant Reactions with Daigle. Glad you all love that show. We'll be doing a typical stats versus film. Uh, that'll be same Tuesday night. And then we will not have tiers or rankings next week. And instead, as long as technology and internet connections comply, Next Friday, we will be doing like a live Q&A at some point, probably in the early afternoon. Yep. Before the game. We have a Black Friday game yes, this year. Like so three before or that. 4 o'clock or something. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Um, basically, we want to use that as like an early start set or just maybe an early tiers and rankings question. We can go through all the consensus rankings and say which ones we agree with and which ones we don't. Mm -hmm. But we enjoy our Sunday morning stuff. Uh, with you and answering questions live and communicating and all that stuff. So we just felt like rather than try to force shows and instead spend time with our families, a live show was probably the right way of doing that with all of you.
I also have my 10 year reunion on Wednesday for uh, high school. Should middle be. school? 10 year middle school reunion. Wow. No, high, high school. Wow. Um, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Wyoming. Welcome to Underdog Fantasy. Get out there. Promo code the show. Yep. Click the link in the description. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Bruce Ruiz. Thank you to John McGinn for playing such good damn football right now. Ollie Watkins, Musa Diaby. I mean, Pau Torres, Ezra Kansa, congratulations on your call-up. And, of course, the greatest goalkeeper in the world, Emmy Martinez. Up the villa. We'll talk to you all soon. See you.